Hello and welcome. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Go check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store to download the app today. PrizePix is a daily fantasy made easy. All right, on today's show, we are back. I know you missed us. We're going to discuss the WNBA draft lottery, which just went down on Sunday night. We're going to catch up with the WNBA, take a look at some of the recent coaching news, and they did release a 2022 schedule. And last but not least, we have a special interview with Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces about her partnership with Dick Sporting Goods. We're going to get into it all here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday, guys. Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your co-host, Karina Mustafa. It's been way too long. I think we, it's been like two months since we recorded our last episode. It's been a um, while. Yeah, yeah. So for people who don't remember me, I usually cover all <laughs> things New York Liberty and Phoenix Mercury over at Venus Sports. And I'm joined by my co-host, Bradshaw Furlong. Bradshaw does several things in the world of basketball, but please tell new listeners or listeners who have forgotten us what you do. <laughs> uh, I am a story editor at TSN for American listeners. That's our version of ESPN here in Canada. And uh, I'm the co-site expert at BehindTheBuckPass.com. And I also co-host this podcast with Karina. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Before we begin, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Women's Basketball wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on YouTube as well. So please go subscribe on YouTube. Look at us. You're seeing our <laughs> lovely faces. Um, every follow, every subscription helps us continue to put out daily content. All right. So Sunday night. <laughs> Lottery. Exciting, exciting times. It came after an overtime game between uh, Michigan and I think it was Baylor. And Bradshaw, we'll start with the number four pick. <laughs> because originally I was going to say, OK, we can we can talk about whoever you'd like. But I think you'd like to talk about the number four pick because your Dallas Wings have got the fourth pick in the lottery, which is amazing I, you got and oh, now yeah. you guys can see his reactions how happy he is so please <laughs> tell 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 our viewers how you feel uh i mean i said i remember uh how if you, anybody else remembers this but uh, i remember a few months ago when we were talking about getting to the playoffs and like oh will the wings get in i was and we we're talking about oh the race for the last playoff spots and the sparks were one of them and i was like you know they got to lose as many games as possible to improve that draft pick that I know the wings are getting. And I mean, it only, they only got the fourth best odds. They ended up with number four. And it was like, statistically, that was what was going to happen. But hey, I had some hope going in that they might, you know, shoot up the draft board and get the number one pick. They could get Ryan Howard. But no, they're at number four. And that's fine. They have number four and number six, which is pretty cool. So they got the best of both worlds. They made the playoffs, got the playoff experience and had a lottery pick. I remember when the wings made that trade. Uh, before last year's draft, they acquired LA's pick coming into this year's draft. People are like, whoa, why'd they do that? Why would they give up a pick this year and then like, you know, take a chance on a pick next year? Well, this is why. I guess they had an idea that, hey, maybe the Sparks aren't going to be very good. And even if they were, they'd still have their own pick and they'd still have a chance at the lottery if they missed the playoffs. So I think it worked out pretty well. They have number four and number six. I'm kind of excited. Uh, this is supposed to be a better draft than last year. Um, I mean, the Wings know how disappointing the draft was from last year their two top picks didn't play a whole, a whole lot but they're also rookies and rookies don't necessarily play right away anyway um so hopefully they get more production out of charlie and a walk next year but i'm looking forward to seeing who they take uh this year with two top six picks yeah and you know like not getting 
the top picks is not necessarily always a bad thing, as we know. Um, sometimes you can get really, really good rookies in, like deep mm-hmm. in the draft. So, you know, it's obviously number four. You know really all about pick. that, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I'm an expert <laughs> on it. Um, but at number three, the Atlanta Dream, who are having an in, are going to have an interesting offseason to say the least i think <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um they're kind of rethinking things right now rebuilding maybe uh they got a lot of free agents things to figure out i think renee montgomery as the representative was very interesting and kind of funny uh whenever <laughs> she's on tv like you know i know people have their opinions about that but she's really hoping for that number one but they are number three <laughs> i think that's reasonable i think that's where people expected them to land number two we have the indiana fever who feel bad for i feel bad for the fever yeah feel real bad for the fever who i think they got a little bit messed over <laughs> screwed over whatever you want to say after the season they had um and they got number two I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I know some people were saying like Melissa Smith could be drafted at number two and yeah. they're afraid Indiana's going to mess her up and <laughs> things like that. So how, how do we feel about Indiana falling to two? I mean, like I, I don't I don't know how much we can put on like Indiana, like and Kaiser last year. Like maybe Kaiser just wasn't the right pick. I mean, everyone again, everyone was surprised that Kaiser went number four. Everyone was shocked that she went that high, in the, including me. I'm a West Virginia fan and I was shocked that she went that high. I was happy. I was super happy to see her go that high. Super happy that she got all the endorsements that she did. But how much can we put on her? And but then I did complain that they didn't really play her a ton down the stretch when the team was bad and they just you know, just needed to could have just played her and like they weren't winning games. Just play your young players and see what you got. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, like I said, I feel a little bad for the viewer. They didn't get number one. But Melissa Smith is like still a contender for the number one. But like she can still go number one. still get Ryan Howard could fall number two. They're going to get one of the two really good players at the top of this draft. It's just about developing them properly. And I mean, there's a little bit of a concern that they might not do the right thing and, you know, mess them up a little bit. But I I trust them that they can at least not screw this up they can at least <laughs> do the right thing here i mean maybe they do what they did last year just go fully off the board and take some number two that no one was expecting but uh i feel pretty confident that they won't screw this up okay you heard it here folks <laughs> Bradshaw is pretty confident that i have no reason to be confident in this no reason whatsoever but i keep things interesting that's all. yes of, absolutely um, and that number one, which because is of course. maybe surprising, but the Washington Mystics got the number one pick. Natasha Cloud was their representative. Yeah, I can't speak today. Um, <laughs> she was there to represent them. There, I'll go the easier route of saying that. Um, and she said something on the broadcast that like particularly stuck with me where she said they have their core and it's just a matter of needing those like little puzzle pieces. And I think we got, we saw a glimpse of that when Elena came back for like that small period of time last season. And, you know, coach Tibble was talking about Elena Del Don's uh, recovery as well, saying it's going very well. I'm curious. Cause like you have the past and the future, I guess, in this scenario. And how important do you think she is going to be like whether or not she's going to play like whether she's just there as a voice or maybe she does come back and play and maybe kind of mentor whatever rookie they decide to bring in i hope i hope she comes back i mean obviously like i hope she comes back i think everyone's hoping she does but i guess it's kind of 
what's best for her long-term health like not just for her playing career but life after basketball because i mean every athlete always talks about there's always a life after whatever sport you play this sport you're playing isn't forever as much as super and diana tarasi would like to have us believe that basketball is forever hey, the hey, way, hey, they, the hey, way they've been playing diana tarasi's playing for another 10 years Bradshaw. Okay, i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> as again as much as they want us to have us believe that they will be playing forever um it's not and I, I i think you have to look at it i think she has to look at it as okay what's best for my long-term health after basketball and i mean i i think she can do a bit of both i think she i think if she comes back i mean they would love to have her obviously and i think it was interesting that natasha cloud said you know we have our core group and is adding the pieces in there because i mean whoever they take number one is certainly going to be part of that core group once once they come in uh no matter if it's Alyssa smith or ryan howard it doesn't matter they're they're going to be part of that core group like that's that like they're the they are the core at that point they're going to be one of the prime members of the core um and hopefully i mean it's just kind of cool with the mystics at least but it also didn't surprise me like i saw the i saw the once you saw the top four you're like okay i think the mystics are going to do pretty well here because they're going to i i didn't know they were going to jump up but like it would have been it's interesting that they got number one after like oh we might lose our franchise player to injury but now we might get a a new franchise player in the draft this is it's interesting um but yeah, I, I think I think this will be really, really positive for the Mystics after the tough couple of years they've been through. Yeah, well, um, after coming off a cha- after coming off a championship, a few yeah. years ago, of course, <laughs> tough exactly. couple of years after coming tough off a championship. Years. Yeah, they're they're like Warriors fans, you know. Who've this is essentially like what they, this gone. is essentially what that is. <laughs> this is what we're seeing, except Elena Deladon is better than Clay Thompson. Yeah, we we both agree. And All hopefully, right. Ryan Howard's better than James Wiseman. No disrespect to James Wiseman, but a little bit. Just a little. All right. In a moment, we're going to continue kind of catching up with the WNBA again. But first, we're going to hear from our friends over at Truebill. So, Bradshaw, did you know why free trials renew without your consent? No. Well, it's a business scam that is actually out to get you. Um, And so if you don't want to let greedy corporations pocket your money, you'll download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, people can save up to $720 a year with Truebill. And, you know, the reason for all this is because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel, Truebill just makes it incredibly simple. You just need to link your accounts and it will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Um, and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Uh, it has to over 2 million users and it's helped save them over $100 million. So if you don't want to fall for subscription scams, start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Let them know we sent you. So so go to truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. All right. Thanks for listening to Locked On Women's Basketball. And make sure to catch more episodes throughout the week on Wednesdays and Fridays. Now we're going to move in to the second part of our show. And we're going to catch up with the WME a little bit because it's true. We have been gone for a little bit now, but uh, it seems like WNBA Mondays are back. 
the past <laughs> couple of weeks. Things have been happening again on Monday, which at this point is just too weird to ignore. Um, but we'll start with the coaching spots that are open right now. So as we heard a couple of weeks ago, the New York Liberty parted ways with coach Walt Hopkins after two seasons where he had a 14 and 40 record with the team. However, the Liberty did make the playoffs for the first time this season since 2017. Just barely. Just barely. You know what? <laughs> facts are facts, Brad. <laughs> okay. Try as you try as they might in the second half of that season, they still made the playoffs. <laughs> as hard yeah. as they tried to miss them, they still made them. <laughs> oh man, I missed I missed this. I missed this slander. Um, so we'll start we'll start with him. There were some rumors indicating that he didn't have as good as a relationship with the vets, um, but he did develop the rookies. And I think ultimately that's what he was there for to just help develop those, those younger players. But you know, this team isn't getting younger now. Like they were one of the youngest teams, but their players are starting to become more experienced. My thoughts on this, because I saw like a bunch of mixed reactions because there was one side where they were like, okay, they just made the playoffs. So why are we not? at least trying this out. Um, and the other side was it good riddance. We need somebody new. And I think I'm okay with moving on. You know, I did see the side of, okay, let, let's let him stick it out for a little bit. But I also think that I want to be a champion. So I'm okay with it. And honestly, with the list of people that are out there. And we'll um, get to one of them shortly. Yes, we will. We will get to one of them shortly. And so with the list of people that are out there, I am totally OK with this. Racha, what are your thoughts? I, I think it's I think it is interesting that the, the two standpoints you looked at it from where, you know, we just made the playoffs. Let's see how how far we can go with this. And, you know, oh, like, you know, good riddance. He's gone. And, you know, like, but he still developed the young players and all that. He had a bad first season, but that's obviously like that was good. That was expected. They had like how I don't know how many I forget how many rookies they had on that team. They had like nine rookies at least, maybe less than that. But um, they they were expected to lose last season. That were not going to be a good team. And they did. They lost quite a bit um, this season. They started out relatively well. But I remember at our midway show of that season, at the midway point of that season, I asked you, I was like, are you concerned about this? They are a bunch of reasons why they could fall off in the second half. They have a point differential that does not support where their record is. They're turning the ball over a lot. They're shooting a ton of threes, but they're not making a ton of threes. They're allowing a lot of threes. And we saw them fall off in the second half as was, as like we almost all expected them to. So there was, it was almost like, okay, this team is expected to not contend, but they were expected to make the playoffs this, this past season. They did, but they didn't look good doing it. So it, it almost, it made sense. It's like, okay, you had two seasons now. You haven't shown like it, they've shown improvement, but they still weren't very good last season. No, again, no disrespect to your team. They were still, they still like they were better than last season, but it was hard to be worse than last season. Yeah. Um, but it was good that he developed the young players, and and that's a that's a positive. That's a feather in his cap. But that's not what the Liberty want anymore. Um, so I, it makes sense that if they're not looking to develop the young players anymore and they want to actually compete for a playoff spot and be a good team next year, not just, hey, we made the last playoff spot by the skin of our neck and we just barely got in. It makes sense. They want to make a change um, yeah. Yeah. for you, for you. This is a question for you in particular. Did you see it coming before? Like, I know you said there were rumors, but like, were you shocked at all when it like actually came out? I was surprised. Like, I, I actually was surprised because I thought 
that players did have a good relationship with him, like just from the way they had spoken about him in media conferences and things like that. But the more that I've uncovered as the situation has progressed, the more unsurprised I am. Right. Um, so, yeah, I was like initially shocked. I was also shocked because I didn't really expect them to do anything about it it's like i didn't really have any expectations or anything like that and so i guess that's when things happen right you don't have any expectations um and so that's why i think also you know speaking of expectations i think with the liberty this like the past season it became they did so bad last season that anything they do this season is amazing but now yeah. we actually, I feel like that's just become an excuse for them. Mm. And so I think, you know, if you want to become competitive, then it's start to it's time to start having expectations for what right. this team needs to be. Um, and one of that could be maybe bringing in a coach, Sandy Brondello, maybe uh, Phoenix and her great part of ways with her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that shocked me even more than the Liberty yeah. News. <laughs> She was there for eight years. They have championship experience. They literally just made the finals. <laughs> In case you like need any more proof. Her contract expired. The Mercury didn't renew it. They said they wanted a fresh voice. She's expressed interest in coming to New York. I know she said she still wants to stay in the WNBA. What do you think about this? I mean, I, it's hard to like know without knowing like her full relationship with all the players and everything like that. But we haven't heard anything in terms of like, oh, she was a just a dick to everybody, and she like everyone hated her. We haven't heard much of that. We, it, it it's just interesting that coming off a finals appearance where a team like you know like they they struggled for a little bit of the season, but they found their footing in the second half. They really put it together in the playoffs and got to the finals, and then lost in the finals to a team that was you know even on even more of a roll than they were, but also were without one of their key players and key and nurse. They just started to, you know, they were more beat up by the end of the season. Um, I I'm, I'm a little surprised, uh, but at the same time, I guess they want it, it. It's just, this is a risky proposition for a team that's, that needs to win a championship, like in the next couple of seasons, while Dan Trossi is still here. Not that they're not going to be a contender without her, but that's kind of their goal with all like these last couple of years is okay. We're adding these players to help get Diana a championship before she retires. Whenever that be, whatever that's in the next two years or as she's ever we've talked about in the next 10 years, maybe. <laughs> um, so it, like, that's clearly where they're going. And it's it's a risky proposition when you have a coach who who is like, you know, took just took your team to a championship, got you right there. And now you're bringing in somebody new who could be worse, who could be a worse coach, who could be a worse fit. Like the players might, might not like them as much. You have to be really confident and they must be. You have to be really confident that there's somebody out there that you know you can get or think you can get that's going to be better than she was. It's a little surprising they haven't filled that vacancy yet because of like if you again, if you make that change, you better be confident there's someone out there and if you haven't got it yet, I'm now questioning how confident you were and how confident you are about being about getting someone that was going to be better than Sandy Brondello. So, I'm very curious to see where they go with this. Because this could be a very risky move for a team, again, that needs to win a championship in the next couple seasons. Exactly. And I think, you know, the organization saying that they wanted a fresh voice to me is very interesting Mm -hmm. because you have Diana Taurasi in the locker room. You have Brittany Mm -hmm. Griner in the locker room. Like, these are not new voices on your team. Mm -hmm. Which I find very interesting. Yeah. It's, It's almost a situation where... 
like were they getting tired of her were they getting like was diana like diana tarasi in particular getting tired of her britney grinder's been there for multiple multiple seasons obviously was she getting a little tired of her did skylar diggin smith not like her as much it's it's a it's an interesting question because that, that's the only reason you're making a move is if your core players didn't like her or because there's if your player if your core players liked her there's not much to like to quibble about. They just made the championship. The players liked her. By all again, we don't know, but by all accounts, there were no like huge troubles in the locker room. So those two things happened. The relationship were there, and the on-court product was fine. I'm curious as to what the move was and who comes in afterwards because it's going to be you got some big shoes to fill here. One hundred percent. And then real quick. We're going to talk about the schedule because they released at six months early <laughs> for reasons that I don't understand. And because w, they, because because WNBA, that's all that's all the reason you need. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> but there is like a matchup I want to talk about. Sparks versus Sky. Oh, not Fever Mystics. <laughs> not number one and number two. OK, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, sorry. Not- sorry to all the Fever fans um <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's the first time that candace is going to face her old team mm-hmm. healthy and as a defending champion mm. however they are not doing the ring ceremony on opening night as many people thought they would um they said they would do it in the first couple of games i find that very interesting because if you're gonna put these two teams against one another then why wouldn't you have Candace receiving her ring in front of Derek Fisher? You know what I mean? And like, why just and but why just in general, like every team does their ring ceremony on their first yeah. home game of the season. Why? Like imagine they didn't really give a reason, did they? This is a, this is a personal story for me. I went to Milwaukee for the Bucks first game of the season so I could see the ring ceremony. Imagine without <laughs> me knowing I'm just going to that game. And they're like, ah, you know what? We're playing the Nets, but we're not going to do the ring ceremony tonight. We'll do it a couple games later. When we come back home, I, I will be play like the Pacers. Just just why? Why? Like, why are you doing that? Like, just do it first game of the season. It's the first game of the season. All the anticipation there for your defending champ, being the defending champs. People are showing up to that game thinking maybe they know now that it won't be the ring ceremony. But at least like why? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, even if you take out the sparks and Derek Fisher, just take that, move it out, it replace it with like the dream, like they're playing Atlanta first game. Who cares? Random game sky versus, you know, dream first game of the season for whatever reason. Why would you not do the ring ceremony on opening night? It has to be because it's against the sparks. That's the only reason they're not going to say it, but that has to be the only reason because there's no other reason for you not to do a ring ceremony on opening night as just like a principle. Like it just doesn't make any sense for a team not to do it. Like, it's almost like you're turning it into like a random giveaway night in the middle of the season. It's like, oh, here's a bobblehead. No, no, we're just kidding. We're getting championship rings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said it all. Like, that is a solid rant, and you're 100% <laughs> right. Like, I, I can't add anything else to that. Um, yeah, I just had a bunch of question marks in my notes because it's honestly just confusing to me. <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense. That's the only reason. And, like, you're the WNBA. Lean into it. Be petty. Like, Every league should be leaning into it. Every league needs to lean into being petty. But like this in particular is like a great storyline for opening night. Candace Parker getting a ring against her former team against Eric Fisher. That's perfect. Instead, you just have Candace Parker versus former her former team on opening night. No rings, nothing. And like you made it even more clear that it was because of that, because you're not doing the rings on opening night. You're like even more leaning into like, oh, we don't want to do it against the former team because X, Y and Z. Yeah. 
Silly is what it is. Silly. Silly. And it happened on a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then like the last little thing, the Commissioner's Cup is back. I saw a bunch of the games were labeled as Commissioner Cup games. And Um, still no one has any idea how it works. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to have to like retweet my article from last (laughs) season. What is what is the Commissioner's Cup? It it it, It was just still it made it even worse that like the players themselves didn't know or yeah. like, oh, this was a Commissioner's Cup game? Nice. Oh, but this game tomorrow that we're playing isn't? Ah, okay. Interesting. I don't know what the criteria is for a Commissioner's Cup game. The players were just like us. Yeah, too much drama. <laughs> too much drama. So we're going to steer away from that a little bit. We'll go towards <laughs> something heartwarming. Um, coming up next... And last, I guess, we'll have a very special segment where I got the chance to speak to Asia Wilson about her partnership with Dick's Sporting Goods, which is a very wholesome story. But first, because I know everybody missed this, I'm going to fangirl over Bill Bar for a little bit. Um, so Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors. I can't believe I'm still here talking to you guys about how many delicious flavors there are. But if you don't know them by now, and I feel like I should be holding like a quiz for viewers uh, if they don't know the flavors by now, but there's coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and creams, German chocolate too. Um, my favorite flavor. You know what? Like that should be a question on the quiz. What is Krina's favorite flavor? Listen, we've been gone for two months. We can't do that. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. Um, it's raspberry for future reference. Mm. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. They're not only really good, but they're really healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 calories, only four to five grams of sugar and net carbs. They're amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And if you go to build.com and use promo code BLOCK15, you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at build.com. Now, Karina, right around now, is it's betting season. Everyone's trying to get that. All, we got all the sports, basically all the four major North American sports leagues basically going on at once. Not the MLB, but they're coming back soon if their lockout gets resolved. Um, but bet online has you covered all season for every sport for more props, odds and lines than ever before as football season in particular continues the march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball nba season they're postponing games but games are still being played football they're also moving games around but games are still being played nhl same deal boxing hey Maybe you would have bet on Jake Paul knocking out Tyron Woodley. I mean, I would have assumed that would have happened. UFC, there's stuff going on all the time in UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your sports. Bet online where the game starts. And speaking of betting, after you listen to us, go make your second listen locked on bets, which is your daily one-stop stop one-stop shop wow for all of your gambling needs uh locked on bets is hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling it's free and available on all platforms all right now the moment everybody's been waiting for 
the interview with Asia Wilson. So I'm going to play that right now. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I truly like really loved learning about this initiative that she did and, you know, watching the looks on those kids faces when she surprised them was super heartwarming. And I think it's something that we need to be reading in the news cycle with everything that's going on um, in the world. And so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the sit down with Asia. Yeah, I think just, I've always been a fan of big sporting goods, of course. And when my agent brought to me an opportunity to get back to the youth in Vegas, uh, I definitely was never going to pass it up. And I was just so happy and amazed at what they were doing within their foundation to give children an opportunity to play sports, to be active, to be outside and have fun and connections with other children. Because I know that's how I got started and that's where it all starts. So uh, it was not any hesitation when it came to um, partnering with Dick's, the Foundation Sports Matter program. Yeah. So just maybe dive into that a little bit more. Like what kind of initiatives did you have when you were kind of getting into sports and basketball or did you know of anyone else who did? Uh, I mean, my biggest thing was just just trying it, having that opportunity to try it. And it was actually very heartwarming just to see these young kids get that basketball and that gets in bag and little things like that as a mouth guard. Uh, I think that's where it all starts. And uh, for me and my initiative in the sports, that's how it started for me. My dad put a basketball in my hand and we went to go have some fun. And then after that, I got a basketball goal. And so, you know, in sports, it is all about your equipment and looking cool. So to have a, a company like Dick's go out there and give back to the community and me be alongside of them, uh, it's truly special. And what do you hope that these children will take away from this opportunity when, you know, you've, you've helped them to, to surprise them with those resources? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just taking that chance on sport and having fun while doing it. Uh, I think we get caught up in the game and the wins and the losses and good play, bad play. But at the end of the day, it's a game and you're supposed to have fun while doing it. So I hope that the young kids that got that gift today can go out there and have some fun, form some friendships and go from there. Yeah. And overall, do you think that basketball is a sport that is more accessible than other sports to kids? And how much more work do we need to further progress youth in sports and even in basketball specifically? Yeah, I think that I think I think basketball really is uh, something that's very accessible to young kids. Uh, you could just really just get an orange basketball. It doesn't even have to be the right size and a crate or a basketball hoop, and you have a game. Uh, and, and I think for us to continue to help our sport grow, we have to make it welcoming. Uh, I think, like I said, we get caught up in wins, and losses, and scores. This, but at the end of the day, you got to have fun while doing it and, and loving it. So I think that's the biggest thing is showing these young kids that it's, it's more than just the, the wins and the losses. It's about just having fun. And lastly, what is the importance of having various platforms kind of bringing these initiatives to the public and having more people learn about it? Oh, it's very important. I mean, that's what makes our world go is when people have information and, 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 and are accessible to great things to help, especially the next generation of these young people, allowing them to be themselves, uh, allowing them to find themselves. And I think it's very important when you have companies that take an initiative uh, in their communities, in our backyard sometimes to help grow the game of sports. Okay, Locked On Women's Basketball has you covered throughout the week. So make sure to come back here for daily episodes until Friday. If you have any thoughts on today's discussions, or if you just want to tell us that you missed us, make sure to reach out on social media. <laughs> you can now see Bradshaw's eye rolls. You can also follow us on My Twitter. Eye rolls. Yes. Your um, eye rolls. <laughs> 
Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWVP, myself at CreenHamM, and Bradshaw at OMG Bradshaw. I will also be, po- I also posted the interview, a small snippet of it with Asia on Twitter, if you'd like to see some of that. Um, of course, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Women's Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. We're on YouTube, folks. Um, so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And that wraps up this edition of Locked On Women's Basketball. Now go check out Locked On NBA because we are in the middle of a very messy season. <laughs> Have a great day. See you tomorrow.